All right. All right. Scripturally, it was not uncommon this week. I don't know if I already said this, but we're going to be talking about the Holy Ghost as a fire. Amen. Esta noche vamos a andar hablando del Espíritu Santo manifestándose como un fuego. Amen. Uh, scripturally, it was not uncommon for the Spirit of God to manifest itself as fire. What we want to examine tonight is what the nature of that fire is and what are the parallels that we should draw from it as it pertains to the Spirit in our lives today. Amen. Uh, en, el, en la Biblia no era algo raro que el Espíritu de Dios se manifieste en la forma de un fuego. Amen. Lo que nosotros queremos estudiar esta noche es qué es el objetivo o la manera en cual opera ese fuego en la vida del creyente. ¿Cuántos dicen gloria a Dios? All right. So let's start off with 1 Chronicles 21 and 26. 1 Chronicles 21 and 26. Somebody say amen when they have it. Amen. Brother Jesse Willoughby. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord and he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. All right, 1 Kings 18.38. 1 Kings 18.38. Primera de Reyes 18.38. Amen. 1 Kings 18.38 Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. All right, 2 Chronicles 7.1 The Bible says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Now, these are just a few examples in which the Spirit manifested itself as fire. And really, when I say that these are just a few, these really just are a few. In fact, um, it's safe to tell you that um, the Lord manifested himself many more times as fire than he did as a dove or perhaps any other form in, this, in, the, in the scriptures. Fire seems to be a way in which he does demonstrate uh, his power uh, etc. But in these examples, and these, these examples are actually important because what they show is not God just as a fire, but as a consuming fire. It is a fire that consumes. Amen. And it consumes everything. Amen. Uh, it, it doesn't just consume half the sacrifice. It consumes all the sacrifice. Amen. And um, its purpose is to consume the sacrifices of God's people. Amen. It does not consume any random sacrifice. It only consumes the sacrifices of God's people. Amen. God did not consume the sacrifices of pagan nations. He consumed the sacrifices of his own people. Hallelujah. And this is important to understand uh, because not any sacrifice will do. Amen. God wants a very certain kind of a sacrifice. Now, in the New Testament... Uh, God's people are the sacrifice. Amen. And if somebody can go to Romans chapter 12, you probably all know where we're going. Uh, Romanos capítulo número 12. Amen. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, God's people are the sacrifice. Now, uh, according to Romans chapter 12, we are a unique kind of sacrifice. But one that like the Old Testament sacrifices is touched by fire as well. So let's read Romans chapter 12. And verse 
number uno. Sister Prado. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the Oh, that's fine. We'll stop right there. So, so look, uh, everybody say reasonable service. Reasonable service. Uh, that word service there is also worship. Uh, ESV, NIV, and a few other translations, probably even an amplified version, uh, will say, which is your spiritual worship. Um, uh, and we're going to get into why, why that, in, if you look it up in the Greek, that's actually the word service. That's actually why we call some services worship services. We're actually actually almost using the word twice. But um, uh, Paul here distinguishes our sacrifice from all the other kinds of sacrifices in Scripture. Amen. In the Old Testament, it was animals that were sacrificed. Um, but here in the New Testament, it is us that is the sacrifice. Hence, Paul uses the word your bodies. Amen. Not the bodies of lambs, not the bodies of rams, not the bodies of, of, of heifers. Your body is the living sacrifice. So very quickly, um, the, there is a lot of differences here and in the kind of sacrifice that we are uh, and that attracts the fire of God uh, than, than, than the sacrifice of the Old Testament. The sacrifices of the Old Testament were a dead sacrifice. You, you slayed the animal and then you sacrificed it. We are a living sacrifice. We are not a dead sacrifice. We are a living sacrifice. Um, but Paul is also distinguishing us, believe it or not, from the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's, not a, there's a lot of kinds of sacrifices, but as far as the Bible is concerned, there are three categories of sacrifices. There are the sacrifices uh, of animals, and then there's the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and then there is the sacrifice of the New Testament believer that Paul addresses here in Romans chapter 12. We are different. We are not like the sacrifice of animals, or like the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says Christ is our Passover lamb. Amen. Jesus was the final sacrifice for sin because he is perfect and sufficient for everyone who believes in him. All right. Hebrews 10, 12 says when Christ had offered uh, for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And so what these verses are telling us is that the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, amen, brings an end to all sacrifices for sin. And what I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because you and I as a living sacrifice, that is not what stops sin. Jesus Christ's sacrifice is what stops sin. So Paul here is not saying that, man, if you'll just live a sacrificial life, you'll, you'll solve the sin problem in your life. That's not, Jesus solves the sin problem in our life. He is actually uh, exhorting us to be a living sacrifice. And he's exhorting us by the mercies of God to be a living sacrifice. And um, we, we do not atone for ourselves. Jesus Christ atones for us. But Paul here is talking about something very different. Um, and the key word here that we want to look at is acceptable unto God. Throughout scripture, there was one thing all sacrifices had to be in order to attract the fire. Amen. Uh, acceptable. If they were going to be consumed by the fire of God, they had to be acceptable. Everyone say acceptable. acceptable. Now, these verses are actually pointing us 
to the first time a sacrifice was ever made uh, and consumed by fire or that manifested uh, the fire of God. Um, interestingly enough, the first time a sacrifice was ever consumed by fire in Scripture, fire is not even mentioned. So let's read it. Uh, Genesis 4.4 4, and then Hebrews 11.4. Who wants to do Genesis 4.4? 4? Uh, Janelle, and then who wants to get Hebrews 11 for? All right, um, Janelle, Genesis 4 4, Elder Harris, uh, Hebrews 11 for. All right, uh, Hebrews 11 for, Elder Harris. By faith, Abel offered unto God and made excellent, a more excellent, a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by, uh, by which is obtained witness that he was righteous. Righteous, amen. And we'll stop right there. So here in Genesis 4, 4, and Hebrews 11.4, there's no mention of fire. There's no mention of fire. But there is mention of the key phrases, acceptable and respect. And God, uh, God in Hebrews, uh, the writer says it this way, that Abel obtained witness. He obtained witness. And uh, God testifying. What did God do? How did God witness how did God say, I bear witness that Abel's sacrifice is acceptable? He consumed it with fire. And we're making that statement on precedent uh, because as we read very few verses, though there are hundreds uh, of how God consumes sacrifices with fire. Uh, so we're going on precedent here. We're, we're looking at how God always operated. And here, uh, Hebrews 11.4, Genesis 4.4, God has respect. God bears witness. And what does God do to that sacrifice? He consumes it with fire. Amen. Um, now, this is actually really important. Um, the reason we're saying all this is because when the Holy Ghost descends on the New Testament believer, it appears as fire. And this is significant because when the, when the Holy Ghost began to pour itself out in the New Testament and you have these manifestations of fire, right? Acts chapter 2, the first thing the Holy Ghost does is it begins to uh, manifest a sound, right? And then here comes a fire. And when the people in the room saw this fire, and they did see it, it was like as a fire. Amen. Uh, when they begin to see this fire, I guarantee you, the first thing they were not thinking is, oh, how warm, or look out, you might get burned. That's not what they were thinking. Their minds were going to Genesis 4-4. Their minds were going to Chronicles. Their minds were going to Kings. They were thinking, man, we are being accepted of God. And uh, unfortunately today, people think they accept Jesus, but no, 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 no. They, they were thinking to themselves, we're being accepted by God. We have done something that is pleasing God. Amen. We have been in this upper room now. Amen. For several days, hallelujah, praying and fasting until, hallelujah, the spirit of God manifests itself on us. Yes. And there is a fire, hallelujah. Yeah. But they, they understood, as I want you to understand today, your life has to be acceptable. Amen. There has to be prayer. There has to be fasting. There has to be unity. Hallelujah. We've got to be in one accord. Hallelujah. This is why we're making a big deal about this today. I want fire in this place. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, now, 
Now I'm going to tell you what else uh, the, the, the biblical mind understood or the people of the Bible when they, when they thought about fire and the spirit. Fire didn't just show God's approval. It also showed God's judgment. So in Genesis 4.4, the fire of God, 4.4 through 4.5 and 6, the fire of God shows that it approves of, Cain, of Abel, but what else does it do? It shows that it rejects Cain. All right? Now, this is not going to get as bad as you might think it's going to get. But when the Holy Ghost comes into your life, trust me, it's, it's one of its key objectives is to take up what's acceptable and discard what is not acceptable. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is not just there to give you nice Holy Ghost hugs. Amen. The Holy Ghost is there. Jesus said that, that, that the world does not want, uh, and I'm not quoting it right, but here's, here's the 2017 translation. Amen. That, that the spirit has a stand, that the world has a standoff with the spirit because it convicts them of sin. Hallelujah. And, 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 uh, amen. The spirit of God is going to divide. It's going to get rid of, uh, everything that is not acceptable. Amen. It's going to get rid of everything that's not acceptable. It's going to, it's not just going to show acceptance. It's going to show rejection. Uh, let, uh, I'll give you an example. Numbers 11, one through three. Who's got that? Numbers, numeros, once, uno a tres. Sister Ruiz, two. And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. All right. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, are you still going through three? Is, this, uh, is there still more? Yeah. Okay, keep going. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Terabah, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. All right. Uh, who wants to read Second Kings? Well, you know what? That's a lot. In, uh, it's a lot. But um, here we could actually see, someone get Matthew 3. Um, here we can see, uh, where um, the Spirit of God it doesn't just show approval, it, it also shows disapproval. Right. Amen. Uh, 12. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his Oh, I thought so. Okay. Go ahead. And gather his wheat into the garden, and he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. All right. So here, again, we see another demonstration of the Spirit of God, uh, but this time he's di dividing the wheat and the chaff. But he uses the fire, amen, to consume uh, that which is rejected, that which is no good. Um, and, of course, if, if you don't know what wheat and chaff is, chaff is just like wheat that doesn't have real wheat in it. And so they would separate it. They would divide it. And then the, 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 the husk or whatever, uh, that would be thrown away and, and discarded. And it would be consumed by fire. So the fire of the Holy Ghost it's not just showing acceptance. It's also showing and approval. It's also showing disapproval. Um, when you get the Holy Ghost, that's what the Holy Ghost will do in your life. Yes. If you have the Holy Ghost, I am telling you right now, I mean, I, I'm being honest with you. You should speak in tongues every day. I, I believe that. 
You should talk in tongues every day. Um, and you should get nervous if you don't talk in tongues every day. Debemos de hablar en lenguas todos los días. Amén. Y si usted no habla en lenguas todos los días, usted debe de ponerse nervioso. Pero más que todo, más que lenguas, usted se debe poner nervioso de cuando el Espíritu Santo ya no te está mostrando el pecado en tu vida. Amen. Yeah, you should speak in tongues every day. But if you really want to get nervous about something, I get nervous if I'm not praying through regularly. But if you really want to get nervous and question whether you're, <laughs> you may not be saved, uh, uh, you, you should worry if the Holy Ghost is not showing you the sin in your life. Right. And none of us are perfect. Right. The Holy Ghost should have that ability to come into your life and talk to you while you're washing dishes, while you're driving the car, while you're paying bills and tell you, I didn't like what you said back there. I didn't, I, I disapprove of that. And the Holy Ghost is actually not that harsh. We all know that. In fact, God wants us to come to repentance. Right. Amen. But, but that is really, uh, that's how we produce the fruit of the Spirit. That's the Holy Ghost is not just showing approval. It wants to also be able to show disapproval. The Holy Ghost wants to come into your life. Amen. Amen. And, uh, and start shoveling out the chaff. Amen. El Espíritu Santo quiere venir a la vida de nosotros y echar fuera lo que no es aceptable. ¿Cuántos dicen gloria a Dios? The Holy Ghost produces purity. Purity. God's purpose. God's purpose. Listen to this. This is, if you want to know what God's objective is in your life, and, and I actually don't have the verse here. I know it's in 1 John. Somebody might be able to call it out. Amen. You know what the Bible says? For this reason was Jesus Christ manifested. Does, who knows the next part of the verse? Anybody want to take a guess? That he might destroy the works of Satan. Well, guess what? The works of Satan is not in trees. It's not on, on your car. I know some of you think the devil has possessed your car. It, it's, it's not in your car. It's not in your house. Pastor's not going to come over your house and anoint it with oil. It's not, the work of Satan is not in your shoes, in your back, uh, in your heel. The work of Satan is in the life of human beings. And so the Holy Ghost comes in and it starts purifying. Or as the scripture would like to put it, amen, it starts destroying the works of Satan. Amen. I'm telling you right now, and I know I'm not by myself. How many people here have ever had the Holy Ghost just thunder in your mind? And all of a sudden, some lie you've been under for years. Some, some, something people have told you about yourself. Something the devil's been telling you. Something that your fears have been keeping you. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost just gets rid of all that stuff. It just shows up and it burns all that stuff out. Hallelujah. Amen. And it destroys the work of Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, and what, that, what that is doing is it's, it's purifying you. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. It is, it is a secondary form of intelligence. Amen. It's, it's not the co-pilot. It, it, it is the pilot. Hallelujah. And, uh, and it'll direct you and it'll lead you. And, you know, we always talk about doctrine. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost will lead and guide you to all truth. Brother, that's not just talking about doctrine. That's talking about your life. Amen. Yes. I, I, I can say this about my life, and, and I, I, I hope you don't think ill of me because I think this of you. There, all of us have a lie in our life that we're believing. Everyone's is different. Some people have no doctrinal lies that are controlling them, but they, they go to bed thinking, oh, man, that's cancer. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I, I, you know, everyone has weird, different lies that they believe. You know, don't pet cats, you're going to get cat disease, you know, or something. Just everyone has these irrational stories. Yeah. Amen. Right. Yeah. 
And you, and here you are 10 years later and your fear still hasn't come true. <laughs> At least say, oh me, hallelujah. Hallelujah. La Biblia dice que el Espíritu Santo nos va a guiar a toda verdad. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. I'm, I, I will go as far as to tell you there was a lot of times I thought I was going to die. I thought it was game over. I thought God was done with me. I thought I, you, you go on and on and on. And you know what I found out? The devil's a liar. Hallelujah. And you know what I found out? God destroys the lies of the enemy. And he will lead and guide you to all. Everyone say all. All. All truth. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm 66 and 10, Proverbs 17 and 3. I need somebody to read those. Salmos 66 y 10, Proverbios 17 y 3. Proverbs 66, 10, Proverbs 17 and 3, Proverbios 17 y 3. All right. Uh, Proverbs 17.3. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tried the hearts. All right. Both of these verses talk about God trying us or God as fire, as silver, proving us. And uh, estos versículos habla de Dios tratando con nosotros como metales preciosos, como oro y plata. All right? The way you, the way you purify gold, the way you purify silver is with fire, is with fire. And both the psalmist and the writer in Proverbs say this, oh Lord, you have tried us. You've put us, you've come into our lives like fire. Solomon would go on to write later on in Proverbs and said, he says, there's four things that never say enough. The earth with all its deserts, right? Uh, there's three other things. But the very last one he talks about, the grave. He talks about the grave, the earth. Um, uh, I forget what the third one is. But the fourth one fire. says the fire that never says enough. And um, there'll be days you'll, you'll be telling the Holy Ghost, enough is enough already. <laughs> I got news for all of us here, including myself. Amen. And uh, here's a spoiler alert. To the day you die, this fire will be purifying you. You might be in your hospital bed and the nurse is getting on your last nerve. And the Holy Ghost is going to tell you, don't you yell at that woman. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But the Holy Ghost never says enough. It's going to purify us from Monday to Monday. And uh, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because only pure things get into heaven. Only unspotted things get into heaven. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's lift our hands and pray right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I want to be acceptable, Jesus. Oh, 
Señor, yo quiero ser aceptable, Señor. Aleluya. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Aleluya, aleluya, aleluya. Amen. I remember, uh, I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost. And uh, I talked a little bit about this last week. And uh, the first thing the Holy Ghost told me was, uh, we're going to get new friends. Amen. And uh, all of a sudden, I found myself hanging out with all the coolest guys and to hang out in the church with a bunch of people that were like 10 times my age. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think I had the most teeth in the church. I, uh, I remember many services hanging out in there with uh, the retired and the elderly and the, uh, the drooling. And uh, thinking to myself, man, I'm never going to get married. Not in here. Hallelujah. And um, but then the Holy Ghost told me, we're not just going to change friends. We're going to change. Uh, we're going to change wardrobes. And uh, I thought I remember the first time God told me to wear a tie to church. <clears throat> Boy, I didn't want to do it. And. Uh, and then I remember when God told me, hey, we're going to get rid of some of that jewelry on your face. Hallelujah. And, uh, and I thought, man, I'm not taking these rings off. And, uh, but the fire never said enough. And, uh, and it just kept firing up the furnace and firing up the furnace. And guess what? The furnace got fired up today. Yeah. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it should be fired up too. Yeah. And it's going to, it's just... It's a process. And don't, don't get discouraged. Uh, but, but respond to the fire. Respond, respond to its warmth, to its light. Amen. Uh, and, and, and be a living sacrifice. Amen. This is, this is your spiritual worship. This is how we worship God. We make our lives acceptable. And uh, hallelujah. Embrace it. Embrace it. Embrace it. Can you say amen? amen? We don't appreciate fire much these days. We we just we actually were warned to stay away from it. But early people loved fire, man. It lit up the house. It it warmed the food. Fire was was an agency for good, and fire good. Amen. And uh, <laughs> embrace the fire. Hallelujah. We love you. We're here for you. And uh, fire up the furnace. Hallelujah. Praise God.